My name is Jonette Gay, and I'm the pastor of Audubon United Methodist Church. I have with me today our media specialist. Hi, Jason Burgess. And we want to talk and we want to listen. Our faith is seen and understood in many topics. We're glad you've tuned in today to Hey Hey, Anybody Listening? Well, hello. It's so good to have Paul and Janae with us today. They are uh, newlyweds. And how, how long have you been married here today as of today? Almost two months. Almost two months. We are so glad to just ha- have a conversation about relationships. What a great topic that some of our listeners may be tuning their ears as they hear you. What um, is something that is a goal that you have in your relationship right now? Is hmm. I don't know. I, I feel like right now we're kind of transitioning from honeymoon and downtime. I'm a teacher and Paul's a pastor and he took some time off for the summer. I've had time off over the summer. So it's been very restful and we've been able to just enjoy um, getting to know each other's friends more and things like that. And We're both about to start uh, work again. And so I think a more an immediate goal is to figure out how do we keep good, healthy routines that we've enjoyed in the summer as things get busier and more stressful. You have to be intentional, I guess, now when you're working hard. Yeah, absolutely. We don't just have the time for it. We'll have to make time for our priorities. Right. Well, what are some of your ideas of a traditional relationship and maybe some of the ways that you want uh, to change from that? What is something that is what you see healthy and and maybe that's not what you want as that was a tradition? Well, I can start by sharing my background. So I grew up in a fairly conservative Mennonite church. And the model of relationships that I saw growing up was that traditional model of the woman as the homemaker. A lot of the families in my church had large families with a lot of kids. My own family, we had six children. And my mom homeschooled all of us uh, until middle school or high school when we all went to school for a few years. Um, so I grew up you know, seeing my mom doing the cooking and the cleaning and caring for the children. And my dad was a very involved father as well, but he was the one going out and he had his own drywall business and making the money. Um, And that did change uh, later in life. Around the time that I graduated high school, my dad had a very severe accident. He fell off a ladder and he had a brain injury and that's impacted him the rest of his life. And that did change the family dynamic as well. Um, He couldn't work for, uh, I think, at least a year And eventually my mom went back to her career as a social worker and was very successful and is now head of her department. And so now both of them work full time and seeing that shift and especially seeing my mom's journey 
has been really neat. And it's made me think about in my own relationship. I think I, I don't uh, assume that I will stay home. I think that that's a possibility in my mind. But for me, I, I like the model more of thinking about roles, not as gendered, but as what makes sense based on personality, based on practical things, based on career paths and having it be a conversation and not just an assumption that because I'm the woman that I will stay home. Like that, a conversation, not an assumption. And what would you say to all that, Paul? Yeah, I grew up in a household where my dad was the main stay-at-home figure since he's uh, blind. And so he took care of the homemaker roles uh, and my mom was always working. So for me, I, I would say I don't really have that traditional background. Uh, and it's been an interesting journey with Janae as we talk about our future to figure out where things fit. And I find for myself, it's a lot easier to imagine the non-traditional roles uh, than I think it is for Janae to imagine that uh, for our relationship. That is, that is great that that's your background, so you're not threatened by roles changing. Yeah. I was wondering if you have different, well, everybody has different personalities. And so when the eyes become sort of a we when you're in this marriage, do you notice that there's different ways that you respond to each other and the you know, different space you give each other? What With your different personalities, what have you learned in, in relating to one another? It's been a learning process. Uh, I, I think one of the challenges is that getting married a little bit later in life that you really get formed in your ways as a single person. And so now all of a sudden you're looking at how you live your life with another person there and have to do some unlearning I, or you have to have clear boundaries. One of the things that's made sense is just having some spaces in our relationship where these are things I'll take care of. These are things you take care of. And um, there's peace in having that division. Um, for me, that came up early with a couple of topics like doing the laundry and the dishes that I am particular about those. That is one thing that came out of my upbringing that my dad was particular about those. And so I'm particular about those. There's only one way to load the dishwasher. Absolutely. Yep. And it's not the way that she does it. And, uh -huh. and so the, the happy uh, middle ground for us is that I do the dishes and I would love that. It's great. I don't, I'm not complaining. <laughs> I'm not complaining either. You know, it, it, it has been a good balance. Yeah. And I think that's something as we were wedding planning, we didn't date that long. We didn't have that long of an engagement. So during the wedding planning, I think we were figuring out how do we operate. And one of the things we kept realizing is that I think more in bigger picture. Okay. What do we need to get done first? What are kind of the big organizational pieces. And Paul is more of the detail-oriented, smaller things. So he will read the fine print of a contract, for example. And I will just be like, okay, sign off and, and go. Um, so 
in that we had to learn, okay, I will handle things that are more the bigger picture and Paul will handle things that need that finer eye to detail. And I think that's been true in our living arrangements as well, um, where, you know, I might care more about when I walk in, I want the, the room to look neat, you know, and not cluttered. Whereas for Paul, it would be more those the smaller details of how the dishes are washed or things like that. Or where we have the silverware drawer. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> These are just important things mm-hmm. in a marriage. You know? Yep. <laughs> I like that. What did they say? Um, think globally, act locally. There's mm. something about the, the combination of the detail and big picture that's, that's good. It's a, it's a good marriage. And, and sometimes people process out loud and immediately and others process taking time have you noticed different ways that you process your yeah so paul is more of the verbal processor and i think part of it too well maybe that's what drew you to pastoring partly as well but i I feel like paul can just speak you know on any topic um easily and quickly and for me i it can sometimes take me longer to put something into words um growing up I did a lot of journaling. Um, sometimes it can take me a while until I can come back to something and say, actually, this is what I was feeling or this is what I was thinking. And I think that's something that Paul recognized pretty early on and has been wonderful about giving me that time and space, especially when there's something that's really emotionally intense. It can often take me a while to, to feel what I'm feeling, to recognize what I'm feeling and to share that. And for Paul, I feel like he can access those feelings more in the moment. One of the other challenges with that is that in the moment, I'll want to be processing my feelings, but I can kind of overwhelm the space because I want to voice everything that I'm thinking about and feeling. And uh, a, a skill that I've learned has been the necessity just to take a step back and ask Janae, what are you feeling right now? And it's been a gift when she'll come with her feelings in the moment, recognizing also that there is still that room down the road to come back uh, after some more processing has happened. But it has been so valuable to take that time to recognize what you're going through in the moment as well, not just to hear only my feelings. And I think that's become easier for me as our relationship has developed, I think maybe part of it is a feeling of safety. It can be hard for me to express how I'm feeling in the moment. But if I feel that there is that safety, that whatever I say, it's okay to say, I've found that now it is easier in a really intense time to say, well, this is how I'm feeling right now. And that's really been a gift. Uh, safety and trust are two big words in a relationship. Do you do you feel those both of those things with each other? Absolutely. Yeah, and I think that was something from very early on that we both felt, um, which is that feeling of, yeah, this person is safe. I'm safe with this person. I can trust them, and I think that that's only grown. Great. And it's probably not an accident that the scripture talks when a marriage is consummated, that he knew her, she knew him. Is it good to be known? It's really good. You're smiling like you want to say something. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is good to be known. It's it's good to be known 
on that holistic level. I think of the the scriptural uh, text that you're pointing to. I mean, you think about Genesis and you think about it talking about a marital physical knowing and, you know, that's delightful. And also the the delight of deeply, intimately sharing, uh, the vulnerability of sharing and the joy of being accepted in that deep vulnerability. Uh, there's a a delicate nature to our relationship that I haven't experienced before. And that is the sense of knowing that I'm entrusting so much to Janae that could deeply hurt me, that thoughts, struggles, any of these things that I would be so hesitant to share with other people that just feel so comfortable with her. Again, it's that issue of safety. It's that issue of trust, but it's also with that knowing that she wants the best for me and that together I will be a healthier person than I would be without her. Yeah. And I think acceptance goes Mm. so far. I think you know, I've heard when people talk about marriage sometimes of that idea, if you go in with this idea of wanting to change the person, that it never works. And I think it doesn't work because it's not loving, you know, like when you, when you love someone, you accept them as they are. And that doesn't mean that they won't change. Um, But just that knowing that whatever you share with them or they share with you, there's an acceptance of, yeah, I, I love you. And, and I accept all of you. Well, being a pastor's wife sometimes has challenges, and I know you're new to this, but I didn't know if there was an expectation that they're getting two for the price of one, and if you have to kind of teach that. Or sometimes I've even heard people say they sort of feel they've lost a community because you don't want to say things about Paul to someone mm-hmm. else, and do you, has there been any adjustment so far in being a pastor's wife? I think one thing that's been really helpful is that I have my own church community that I've been very involved in. And when we got together, I think a lot of people assumed, okay, I'll I'll leave my church and I'll fully go to his church. And it's something that we talked about. And Paul was very encouraging and supportive and saying, well, why don't you stay connected to Harbor, the church that I go to? And um, when we were dating and engaged, we went to the small group there together and he's gotten to know the people there at Harbor. And so for now I'm going to Harbor once a month and still helping and worship and still staying involved and then going to Paul's church the other the other times. And that's been really helpful. And it feels like rather than me giving up this whole community, it feels like we're both able to be enriched by having both of these communities. Um, and then at Paul's church, I don't know. I feel like it's still very new. I think the church is still getting used to Paul being married and still figuring out, you know, what is my role and function at the church. I think Paul has been wonderful about setting those boundaries. You know, when people do say things like, oh, Janae could just do that. Or, you know, Paul's just like, no, like that's not her role. That's not her job. And I felt very kind of protected in that way. And I've also felt very loved by that church and very welcomed and very supportive. So I've, 
I've felt so far that it's been really wonderful and it's been a change, but it hasn't just been a loss of community. It's been adding community. I think it's helped having a long tenure at the church. I've been there almost 12 years now. So they have had a significant amount of time just with me as the pastor. We're also going through a time of change. I'm going to part-time at the church, moving towards a um, preaching and hospital visitation funerals, and then also um, doing chaplaincy work. And so the church is going through a transition. I think that it's in a time of loss. It's difficult on one hand because there will be more Sundays where I might not be available and the church will have to do something. And a specific occurrence came up where someone said, well, if you're not there, Janae can do that. And and I just said, no, that's Good not you. that's not yeah. how this I'm works. Glad he did that. Yep, I'm yes. very glad. <laughs> because it's not a package deal. And and part of the joy ha- has been finding a community uh, as someone in ministry, ministry can be very isolating. And even though I have many great relationships in the congregation, at the end of the day, I'm still the pastor. And that always tints those relationships slightly. Uh, I, it's been a joy to attend a small group at Harbor and to participate in some of their activities, even while we were away on, a, on our honeymoon and that, or the, the honeymoon time that we had over the summer to attend worship. It's not something I often get to do uh, since most Sundays I'm, I'm leading worship. And so it's also been great to gain a community there. And so I've seen the value that that community has been to Janae. And one of the great things we had this past summer before was it was just right after our wedding, wasn't it? Mm. Uh, that that they wanted to have a get together where, as a as a group, they just offered prayer and blessing for us as a mm. new couple, and that oh. was wonderful. Sure, uh, and and I just felt like that's such a gift to have a blessing from her church community as well, and, yeah. and so that's a an area where I hope to stay connected. And see it as a, a gain for me to enter into her life. Right. And Paul's church had a reception for us as uh, well. So it was really neat feeling like at both places, the community came around us and, you know, loved and supported us. It's almost like they love you and therefore they love the people who love you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Almost, uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Well, one of the things that really stayed with me from... Richard Rohr's Falling Upward is when he talks about you transcend and include. I was wondering if there's anything that you um, um, include from either your childhood or your church background, and is there anything that you feel you've transcended from that when it comes to roles or when it comes to relationship? Something that you're doing differently and something that you maybe appreciate about the my parents came into the roles that they had partially out of necessity. Sure. Uh, but I've definitely been shaped by that. And it's been a gift to be able to, through years of therapy, kind of unpack 
some of those things, some of the healthy things of that, some of the unhealthy things of that. And now as we're talking about our future together, to be able to bring the gifts of that without some of the the pain and trauma, because, you know, a family wrestling with uh, disability, that brings a lot of trauma in a, into a family system. Sure. Uh, so for us thinking about what our future arrangement is going to be when it comes to potentially having kids, family, jobs, having that flexibility without that hurt has been such a gift. And it's also given me an an appreciation to see how my parents were doing the best that they could despite some very difficult circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, when I think about my childhood, I had a wonderful childhood and I think what I'd like to keep from that is it was a, it was a very strong community. We did a lot through our church. I had a lot of friends. I had, you know, people, my parents age that I looked up to and I felt very safe and secure. And my family was also very close. But I think the, the downside of that community was that it it was very insular. And as I grew and saw more of the world, I realized that, that it was very sheltered and that it was um, a very, very tiny part of the world, I guess. And so I feel like a lot of my adult life has been um, expanding my faith and um, my circles of people that I know and that I'm friends with. And so when I think about our family, I think about how do we preserve that sense of community and closeness and whether it's in the family or the church or or wider than that, um, while keeping a a sense of openness to the world and not a protective stance, but a, a stance of, of loving the world. And yeah, that's the balance I would love to see for us. Great. Is there a scripture that kind of walks with you as you enter into your new relationship, your new marriage? I don't know if I've thought about that specifically for marriage. I think one verse that's stayed with me for a lot of my life is the verse in Isaiah about um, you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they rest in you. And I think about that a lot and what is perfect peace and how do we keep our minds at rest? And so for us together, how do we do that together now that we're married um, how do we stay in a place of peace when there can be a lot, a lot that happens in the world that doesn't feel peaceful? Okay. Hmm. That's tough. I feel like I'm a bad pastor at the moment. That I don't have a <laughs> scripture to answer. Um, one of the things that was prominent prior to the marriage and has been a thought on my mind was, of course, 1 Corinthians 13. Uh, And one of the things that was shared in the time of our ceremony was how I've seen that picture of love embodied in front of me. And I think that in some ways, one of the greatest things in this moment has just been able to, the, the opportunity to delight in Janae's love and to really have the opportunity to be shaped and formed by love. And what it points me to is how we are to be shaped and formed by God's love for us. 
I grew up with a church model thinking, you know, where the thinking was, you don't want to mess up. You don't want to get God upset with you. You don't want to disappoint God. God's on the lookout for the, the failings that you'll have. So you better stay on that straight and narrow path or God's going to see and there's going to be consequences. And it's hard to feel good motivation to be transformed by fear. And in my spiritual journey, I found so much transformation has come because of understanding the depths of love. And so now, as I have experienced that in a relationship so closely, it brings me back to God, who I would argue knows me more intimately than Janae, and loves me with a depth that transforms me. Uh, if I, if I let it, if I let the love of God transform me. So as, as I've been thinking about scripture and the picture that we have in our marriage, I just want to abide in love and to give thanks for the ways that your love expands my understanding of God's love for me and God's love for the world. It's, it's not just me. It's seeing her heart, not just for me, but for other people, um, how she responds to the situations that have come up in the midst of these two months already, how we respond in love and her, you know, her response when there was something that came up at church that was just a trying time and her deep care for me. I'm seeing depths of love that before Janae, I wouldn't have seen. Mm, that's amazing. Scripture that comes to mind as we're talking is perfect love cast out fear. Mm -hmm. Not so much fear, but love. That is it's so it's such a gift to have you two here and to hear about your relationship. Jason, where are you? How do you have a comment about relationship? Well, I don't want to follow what you just said there because I think that was beautiful. Um, uh, I I don't know. I mean, I've been in a relationship for. 16, 17 years, and uh, oh, I didn't realize it had been that long. Yeah, and uh, I'll just say that that challenge of love and um, it's always new. There's always something in the other person's the way that they, the way that you sort of live through their 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 reality or their own selves um, definitely adds a lot to to your own. I don't know, ability to, I don't know, have confidence in yourself, have confidence in um, God's love for you. Um, mm -hmm. So exciting. Um, I wish you guys the best. <laughs> thank you. Well, thank you for those of you who are listening, and I hope you'll tune again, tune in again to Hey, Hey, Anybody Listening. glad you are with us today and I hope you'll tune in again as we listen to one another.